Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 49 of the North Meets South web podcast. You almost changed the name there. What were we going to change the name to? I was going to call it the Laracon podcast, but uh, it's probably not worth talking about Laracon for the entire show. Yeah, right. So what? Uh, what's what's going on? What is everybody traveling? Is everybody in route? There are some people are uh, on route. Uh, Amanda Folson arrived in Sydney yesterday. I know Taylor left a little bit earlier. He's in Tokyo at the moment, uh, which is kind of smart, I think, because Tokyo is only an hour and a. I think it's an hour behind Sydney in terms of time zone, so it'll give them a couple of days to oh, nice. acclimatize and sort of rest in the in this part of the world, which will be good. Adam and Steve and David, I think, are leaving today or you know tomorrow for that. It will be Sunday that they're leaving. Uh, they'll be here on Tuesday, and then yeah, it's all all systems go. Where Ree and I and Eli are leaving tomorrow, flying flying in the morning. Are we, it's a pain. We discovered that in South Australia, it is not a legal requirement for a taxi to have a baby capsule, like a rearward-facing right. baby seat. And as a result, all of the cab companies that I call just don't do it. They're like, we don't legally have to, so we don't. And I'm like... So so they don't have to what? They don't have to accommodate a baby seat? Is that what it is? Yeah, or what? because they they're not to... legally obligated to have a baby seat in the car. They just don't have them in the car, in the in the taxi. So... And they're like, you know, you just sit them on your lap. I'm like, I get that I can, but yeah, like, you, you, what if there's an accident? No. And taxi drivers are, are crazy anyway. So what, what if there's yeah. an accident? And like, so can you just strap them in? Like, can you use like a seatbelt to strap them in? Yeah, I, I guess that's the theory. I mean, that's what you do on the plane. They sit on your lap and they just sit. You know, you you strap them on on you like that. So well, I'm saying, can you like take your rear facing car seat and just use the the belt to strap it in? Oh, I mean, like a yeah, lot yeah. of them have. We can, but then what am I going to do with that? We're not going to take that to Sydney because in Sydney they're legally required to have you know babies in a in a capsule, so they will their their taxis do actually have them if you ask for them. So I don't really want to carry around the capsule. So we ended up getting one of our family, like my cousin's going to drive us to the airport in our car, and then my brother's going to pick us up when we get back next week again. So it'll be all right. It's just it's just a weird thing. Like I get that you don't yeah, that have is. to do it, but. Do you really want to be the first taxi company that gets sued when there's a an accident with a baby? Yeah, it's, tell me. So here, I, I'm not understanding the word that you're saying when you're saying they're not required to have a baby, and then the next word, I'm not sure what you're saying. A capsule. 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 Is it? Oh, Spell yeah. it for me. C A P. Spell it for me. C A P S U L E. Capsule. Okay, you call it a baby capsule, like a like. Is that what the the, the seat that they sit in? Yeah, so there's like the the bit that clips in. So our one, it's got a thing that clips into the car and then the actual capsule that the baby sits in comes out. So we can like carry that around as like a little carry thing. Sure. And that that clips onto the like our stroller as well. So we could, I mean, theoretically, because we're taking the stroller, so we could theoretically take it, but then you've got to figure out what to do with the base and it just gets too difficult. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We call those car seats. That's why I didn't understand what you're saying. Okay. Well, the car seats come with the car. So I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) 
<laughs> I get it, man. I get it. I just didn't understand what you were saying. You kept on saying baby capsule, and I was like, I'm, I'm not sure what he's saying. I got it, though. It makes sense. It makes sense. Just tomato, tomato, yeah. right? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I know, dude. I know traveling with kids is a huge, I mean, you know, well, I'll find outside out. of the fact that you could just kind of, you just kind of hope that they uh, do well in the plane and stuff. But, you know, most uh, airline carriers do pretty well anymore. I think, well, at least in the U.S., I know they have to allow you to check a car seat and a stroller. Yeah per paying passenger yeah so like we've had we've taken like two strollers and two car seats before like mm-hmm. and it's free which mm-hmm. is crazy because a lot of them will charge you like 50 bucks to check a bag and it's at least the size of a bag you know those massive strollers so that's pretty cool um yeah and we end up usually typically exactly what we do is we if we had like a rear facing car seat car um sorry uh baby capsule then we'll just take it and, and uh put it in the taxi or whatever with us usually it's like a bus ride that we're taking to the you know i usually like mm-hmm. stay at a hotel and then take a shuttle to the airport and anyway in any case though i get what you're saying yeah and yeah the logistics with a kid make it a little bit harder yeah so yeah i mean it's easy enough for us so we, we get the same thing we get free like if you've got a baby then then they will check a stroller and like whatever else you need which is really good but we we paid for our flights using reward points on the credit card so it didn't, didn't actually cost nice. us anything so when i went to That's check awesome. in it was like 50 dollars per seat to upgrade to premium economy so you know with my yes. with my crippled knee obviously i'm gonna need the room to stretch out so i thought 50 dollars is worth it for sure man good for you guys that's great but you were saying Adam, Adam tweeting Adam's about the fact that, yeah, so he's like, you know, they're having a, so he's bringing the kid on like a 14 hour, how long is the flight? How, how many well, hours is it? So he's on the East coast of Canada. So he's had to fly from the East coast of North America to the West coast. And then he's flying from like either LA or San Fran or whatever to Sydney. So that's like what from East to West is like a five, six hour flight. And then he's got to sure. do that sounds about right. the, the, you know, Trans-Pacific or whatever from san fran which would be about 12 hours or so yeah that's brutal with a kid yeah. and then it was like once they get in he realized that their airbnb didn't allow like a check-in at a reasonable time yeah, until so four and then he to, tried to blame me yeah. for that i'm like hang on a minute no <laughs> that was pretty funny though it's not on me that was pretty funny i did i did message him i said it's on all of you australians that's right i said like if if you can't sort something out just like let me know and you can come and crash in our room for the day that well you know until they can check in there Airbnb, yeah there was there fine. was plenty of people kind of like volunteering their rooms like yeah. hey you can come hang out here no yeah. big deal so i mean you know he'll be fine um he'll be fine so that'd be good don't be such a baby adam gosh i mean uh, what you're talking about 12 hour flight with the baby i mean yeah just, i mean but but who is the baby is it him or is it is it the baby like Ooh. I probably shouldn't speak ill oh, of man. him. He's, I mean, he's speaking. He's traveling all this way, and he's. <laughs> I'm sorry, Adam. I love you. I appreciate you coming out. We all, we all love Adam. We all love Adam, dude. So I'm really like, you know, I'm super proud of, you know, all that you've done to make this happen, and I'm really, really excited for you. But at the same time, I'm trying to ignore that it's happening as much as possible because I would want to be there so badly, and I know it's like, oh. Well, this is how I felt with Chicago this it's year. It's gonna be so awesome. Yeah. I know. I know. It's I'm really like, looking it's forward my to turn it. To par- it's my turn to partake in the FOMO. It was Matt Stauffer, you know, the first year you were here. And then, uh, you know, this year you didn't get to come to US, which sucked. And now it's me not being able to come to AU, which sucks. Yeah. So, ah. <sighs> It'll be it it'll be it good is. though. I'm like I'm I'm really like I'm not getting stressed about it or anything and I'm like I've got nothing to worry about really, I don't think, but I'm just starting to get like this this nagging feeling that like did I do something wrong if I had not did have I not done something? enough yeah. for, have I forgot something? We sent all the names off to the printer for the name badges on Wednesday and then I was like 
you know, going through my lists and stuff and just like checking things off that we had done and still had to do. And I thought when we booked the photographer, we booked a photographer, I'm going to start just revealing things about the conference because I'm going to send an email before this episode drops tomorrow. So uh, we've, we've got a photographer who will take photos on both days. They'll, you know, the, the speakers will get some nice shots, hopefully. That's cool. That they can use That'll for their nice, yeah. portfolios or whatever Profile. profiles, yeah. yeah. So when I booked him, he said, can I please have a name badge that says official photographer? I said, yeah, no worries. We'll sort that out. Not a problem. Only <laughs> I subsequently forgot to, yeah. And so I said to Ree, I mean, I could, because we've got a bunch of people that bought tickets after, um, after we sent the names off. So they were going to have blank badges anyway, and they were just going to sharpie it on yeah, there. Right, and sense. I thought, sure. I mean, this guy's like 60. He's going to be running around the venue with like a decent camera and it's just going to have like a handwritten official photographer. And I'm like, it just looks dodgy. So I went yeah, like, and like I, I got in touch with the printer and I said, hey, can you just do me a last minute one? And I was, sorry, we've already printed yours and there's another job on the printer. And I'm like, do you do like a transparent sticker film? Can you just like print off the stickers for me? And they're like, no, we don't do that. So I ended up going oh, and buying <laughs> like a cheap laser printer and some transparent no sticker way. labels. You are an overachiever. And it was like, it was a hundred bucks. So it's, and, and Ray goes, why are you buying this thing? Like, I'm like, what's well, a printer? I'll use it again. And she's like, well, you don't, you don't use the one you've got. I'm like, well, all of the labels are laser printer. <laughs> they're laser printer labels anyway. That's hilarious. But it's funny though, because this printer, right, was 90, it was, it was a hundred dollars, right? The consumables, so the toner cartridge for the printer is $80. It's like $150 or something. No, it's $80. Oh, of course. So and and when I bought the printer, the girl at the checkout goes, do you want to buy the extended warranty for $14? I'm like, no, when the toner runs out, I'll just buy another printer. Like <laughs> it's not right, cost effective exactly. to replace. And, but this is, this is a millennial thing, right? This is our generation is terrible because everything is consumable. You don't it keep is. anything. That's not really, here's the deal. That's not our generation's fault. Well, it no, isn't. It's Stuff not. is made to be disposable, consumable, yeah. and that's it. And that is the problem, actually. But right? the things, things that, are that not are becoming made to consumable, last anymore. Yeah, the things that have become consumable and, and not made to last have changed, you know, in my lifetime. Like once upon a time, you'd buy a printer and it'd last you five, six years and you'd spend, you know, yeah. thousands of dollars on consumables and ink and paper and things like that. Yeah. Whereas now, the printer's a hundred bucks you use it until the toner runs out and you can spend $80 on a on a toner cartridge or you could just buy a new printer and get a new warranty and all, all that kind of stuff. This is, yeah. But I paid this an extra $20 to get the, the wireless printer so that I didn't have to. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It comes with a USB ca- connection, the, the printer, but it doesn't come with a USB cable, which is dumb. It's a crock, man. And so it's I'm like, well, yeah. it's going to cost Scam. me. like, And then they charge you $20 for the cable. So it's like, oh, you may as well just spend $20 and get the wireless printer. So I... I took the printer out of the box, set it all up, you know, to make sure it all works and that before I run out of time to deal with it today. In order to connect it to the wireless network, you need to have a USB cable. So... Gotta be freaking kidding me. Uh, it's a scam, dude. It's yeah, a scam. Everything's a scam. Hey, so I wanted to interject with this real quick. So Go. everybody who's listening, who's made it thus far, we are 11 minutes in. Incredible. And uh, I wanted to let you know that we actually have some promo codes for you guys today and girls listening. Mm. Uh, so there is an app that allows you to play with regular expressions. It's called Expressions, and it's by a group called Aptorium. It's for Mac only, and it looks really, really cool. And I was looking at it a couple, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, and I reached out to the folks, the lovely folks at Aptorium and said, hey, would you be willing to 
give us a couple licenses for expressions, mostly because I was like, this is something I would love to have. And I think our listeners would really enjoy it too. And so anyway, I'm going to give away the first promo code right here. So here it is. It is 66WN-M67F4ET7. And if you put uh, that in, uh, you go to the Mac App Store and go to Expressions or look for Expressions. Or if you just find the link in our show notes, you can go get yourself a free license of Expressions and go play with some uh, regular expressions. And it also has a dark theme. So there Very you go. Because dark themes are all the rage right now. Yeah. Well, now that now that Mojave ships with a dark theme, I think it's going to get more difficult for app makers to justify charging extra for these things. I mean, I know Sublime Merge just yeah. came out and they basically your license pays for that. Yeah. It, Which uh, I'm I'm rocking I'm rocking the dark theme. It's nice. I've been using that, by the way. Oh, you've been, been using, using Sublime Merge. Merge. Anytime I have con- anytime I have merge conflicts, it's really handy actually. It it yeah treats it very sanely like it it does a great job showing uh the conflicts and then allowing me to change them merge them save them commit them all that stuff yeah, and, and pick, it does a really pick good left job. and right which is much easier exactly if you do yeah, it in yeah. vim if you do it in vim or if you just look at like the the patch you've got like the the arrows and the equal signs the, and, uh, yep. and you always mm-hmm. end up picking the wrong side of it whereas this makes it very obvious like this is the code that's like coming from master this is your code and this is what it will look like in the middle when you resolve the conflicts and i like that a lot i mean vimdiff is a is a diff tool that you can use with git to do the same kind of thing but you've got to like remember the shortcuts whereas this like just lets you click and say use this or, you know, there are keyboard shortcuts. It's like command left brace, command right brace. We'll pick from the left and the right and you can go up and, you know, up and down between nice, the I different things. That. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so like if you mouse over the like the conflict to choose which one you want, it'll actually tell you like pick the right or pick the left and it'll give you the keyboard shortcut to do that. So the only thing I'm missing is like a, is a keyboard shortcut to push and pull. Like if I had that rather than, because then I have to take my hand off the keyboard and go and find my mouse. Ugh. Mm-hmm. You know what I think about mice. I do. And my do mouse, my mice. trackball has been horrendous since updating to Mojave. It just like freezes all the time and stops responding. And hopefully it gets fixed at some point, but it's it's pretty frustrating. I have yet to upgrade to Mojave, but I did get this, however. You got the iOS 12? Oh, you got the iPhone I- XS. iPhone X, not XS, just X. I just, just X. Yeah, just X. But I love it. I really like it. It's a good phone. And you know, honestly, is that naked? Is that a is that a naked iPhone X? Naked, meaning like no, no cover? cover. It is a cover, which I'm oh. glad you didn't notice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Very so good. I've been playing with that last couple of days, which has been cool. But yeah, no, I haven't updated to Mojave yet. I will. I will. So I okay, let's, let's outline some nice. Let's outline some, some notes for what we want to talk about today. So I mean, I know. Let's definitely talk some more about Laracana. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about that. Uh, we were actually going to have David Horshid. It almost sounds like a bad word. <laughs> Dave, his name is David K. Piano on GitHub and on uh, Twitter. He's the guy who talks about state machines. And, and here's the deal. I feel like, and I talked about this a little bit on Twitter yesterday, my brain works like a teacher, I suppose, and I don't want to be, I don't want this to sound braggadocious, but like, like a good teacher's brain should, which is that the thing, the subject matter that you are teaching, you rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it and figure it out so that you can state it in the most obvious way possible Mm -hmm. so that the most number of people understand it the first time you say it, right? Now, different people learn different ways. So sometimes you have to repeat it a little bit different way, right? But ultimately, you want to understand it well enough to be able to present it clearly to the people who you're teaching it to, right? The reason I talked about this was because I, I always struggle a lot 
when I am working with forms because I want to make them as convenient as, as, and as simple and as straightforward for the people who are using them, right? And so I, I put up some screenshots last night of stuff that I've been kind of like struggling through mm-hmm. with, with forms. And I have this really long form I'm trying to wrangle right now and I want to make it really good. I say all that to say this. David is the first person who I've found that has had a really, really solid slide deck and talk for finite state machines and how they're usable. Really, a lot of it, a lot of his stuff has to do with like React and Vue. And he has a, a plugin called XState. And it's really well documented. He does a super solid job. So he's a teacher at heart, no doubt about it, Mm -hmm. and does a really good job explaining it. So I think that's kind of why I wanted to have him on the show is I wanted to get his teacher's brain to explain what I've already watched the the slide deck on to our listeners. I think it could be super valuable. In any case, he just got in from a, a, a long flight like, you know, 20 minutes ago. So... I was like, no, don't worry about it. It's 1130 his time. I'm like, don't bother. We'll schedule it for a couple of weeks out. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll do that and we'll have him on. Uh, we were going to do that, but we, we're, not, we're not going to yeah, yeah. tonight. So Cool. Just, just on that, there is an Einstein quote. And I mean, I think it's Einstein. It's attributed to Einstein at least on, mm-hmm. your, on your teaching thing. If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And I think right. that that's like really the, the crux of what you're getting at in terms of like being able to mm-hmm. teach. And that's something that Jeffrey's yeah. Jeffrey Way of, of Laracast is really good at. Like he can break down absolutely anything in in my experience and, and oh, from absolutely. what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Like and you just get it. Yeah. And that's what makes him so incredibly talented. yeah. You might have to watch watch a video two or three times, but you get it. Yep. And that's why he's been so successful, right? Truly. He just, he cares. That's the thing too, is like, you can't do that stuff without really caring deeply about it because you won't spend the time on it. Mm -hmm. So some people just have like an innate passion for that. And I feel like the people who are the best designers as well, probably have that as well. So, you know, UX is now like its own field, but I feel like people who have actually been really successful and really good designers have always kind of cared about UX. It just wasn't labeled as such, right? The experience of the user, right? Good design is invisible. That whole thing where like, it's not, you know, it, it should seem obvious. But you don't you don't see the twenty iterations that they went to through to yeah. get to the one iteration they're on now that is like oh of course that's what I do yeah. of course I slide left you know to delete that thing or, yeah. or whatever like that it just makes total sense so yeah yeah so that's what I'm working on right now actually so like I'll, I'll talk about that for a little bit I guess so this form that I have is uh, the steps are you have to select a trip so there's a couple trips that you can select. And then after that, you have to select a participant. So you as a user have like multiple participants you could manage. And then once you've selected a trip and a participant, then it kind of goes into the more detailed pieces of the applications. Like you have to select a track. And then based on which track you select, you have to have uh, another round of questions, you know, that's determined on that track that you selected. And then you have to select your travel details. So do you want us to arrange travel for you or do you want to arrange your own travel? Well, depending on which option of that you choose, we either need to let you know, hey, go view our travel guidelines and you need to make sure you know what you're doing if you're arranging your own. Or, hey, we're going to arrange it for you. Now we need to know your departure city and this other information, right? So you can kind of already feel the branching model there, right? Of like all these different things, which is why this finite state machine stuff is so relevant to what I'm dealing with right now. There's just a lot going on. And so previously I had kind of just accomplished this using like conditionals and using a bunch of sucky if statements, you know what I mean? And now I'm using Vuex and basically computed values in Vuex to be able to tell me like, Hey, give me the current, give me the current trip. And then based on that trip, give me the current tracks that are available for that trip and whatever. So it's working better, but I'm still getting through again, just the, 
you know, all the different pieces of that. So I'm getting close. Now I feel like I'm getting to the point where I'm just down to like normal fields. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not having to do so much thinking around it anymore. Now it's pretty much just like boring fields. Just yeah. like, how do I, how do I do these? Yeah, so you got the fields. hard stuff done and um, now it's just all like the crummy yeah. part of the app, of the form. Exactly. Let me take this moment to give out another code. So here we go, folks. Again, this is for expressions on Aptorium. And the next code is FW9ERJY9JA7W. Thanks, Aptorium. And thanks, Marcin Krizwanos. One thing that I found super useful in Laravel is extracting out the actual form part of the form. So you'd have a create view and an edit view or a show view depending on I'm sure, using show yeah. because I don't like I don't need to differentiate. Like I'm not showing something and then being able to edit it. It's just the list and then you can go. So I'm using the show as the edit view in my in this particular case. Uh oh. No, 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 no. No, that is bad. I'm Michael, showing it. I'm bad. showing you can't do that. I'm showing. The show and the edit are a single thing. That's I, that's fair. I get that. I just yeah. Because there I do that sometimes too, where well, it's like the edit form is the show form. Correct. Yeah. There is no Right. Like there is no state, there's no, you know, public state, there's no like non-editable version. So it's just... Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, sense. if it makes you feel better, I can make it edit. But you're calling it show and not edit? I'll, I'll change it to edit if it makes you feel better. Thank you. Oh, I feel so much better now. But what, what I tend to do between, you know, my create and my edit views is I will extract the actual form into a partial, which has just the form yeah, yeah. fields, and I will always pass yes. the model into both. So into my create, I will pass just like a new user and into my edit, yes. I will pass the actual user because then you don't have to worry about checking like does the user exist because we don't have in, in the in the Laravel 4 days, we had like four model binding and it would handle all of that yes. stuff for you with a HTML component. Now, I mean, I will just always pass the view, uh, the, the model in there and Eloquent will handle like accessing properties that don't exist and things like that so that you know, I can check the existing value using the the old helper. So just old and then the name of the field, otherwise like default to the the model field. And on your create view, well, that's just going to return null anyway. So it yes. makes yep. dealing Genius. with the forms super, super simple. And I, I do that all the time when I'm when I'm dealing with records. But I basically ended up building. I remember when you taught me that. Yeah. And I thought I was being crazy doing it. And then Matt Stalf was like, no, we do that all the time. And then you, you know, you've started doing it and... I mean, it's been a while and we've had a lot of episodes. So, you know, someone might learn something new or someone might have a reason not to do it. And I probably will disagree with you because that's what I do. But It works so dang well. Yeah. It works so well because you just, really you just never have to worry about it. And I haven't, I haven't come up with a situation where it's been a problem. And it also keeps like those create and edit views really lean because it's like, here's the form open Super tag, lean. here's yeah, the yeah. button. And really the only thing you change is the button because you've got either edit or create or save or whatever you want to call it. And then, and do, then you do, your, uh, do you do form. like your, yeah, do you do the post and stuff differently? Like you have your opening form tag, right? Yeah, the opening okay, form yeah, tag, the CSRF field and the method where, where appropriate. And then, yeah, just at include, uh, it's always like resource, whatever the resource is, dot form. And then it's yes. consistent between applications and things like that. And then like the save button or the update button or whatever. And then always put a cancel just as a link. Bootstrap makes it easy to do a, a button that looks like a link. 
just to like yep. differentiate between your primary action and your um, your secondary okay. action or your cancel action or whatever. And that like and it's and they're just boring, dumb CRUD forms. They submit this validation. I've been using Bootstrap four just because like I really had to rocket through this nice. application, and you know it gives you a little little taste of the um of the utility stuff. Utilities. But yep. they've changed a lot of things as well and because i'm so familiar with bootstrap 3 getting my head around it they've got like form rows now and the form groups are slightly different and the grid is now using flex box so it's like that's yeah. another thing that you have to like you don't define it as like column and then column small you just say like it's column small six and the column like full width on mobile devices right. is implicit so you know, just little things like that. But I mean, it's super simple. Yes, it looks like Bootstrap, but this is an, an interface that I'm literally going to use um, as part of a, an acquisition import. Like we've got customers from uh, a company that we've acquired. So I'm like taking all of their data out of an yeah. Excel spreadsheet. It's an, it's literally an internal tool. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, um, and I'm literally the only one to do it. And this is just to basically normalize the data so that any other acquisitions we do in the future, I can normalize it all into this application and then use this to then export into our main CRM. Because then I only ever have to write one export and using the Laravel Excel project from uh, Patrick Patrick Browers, I think his name is, Mart, M-A-A-T website. It makes it super easy to like just import all of this stuff and, and transform it and then I've got it all there. So... I'm really basically just building filters and things over that. And ultimately, I'm just going to like fire up Tinker and use our shared CRM, like our, our main application models to like take what's in this application and import it into our CRM. And those customers are going to be part of our, our main database, which will be like it made my life easy, really, because it's going to be like three days to knock this all together. Yeah, we have a lot of that, unfortunately, like the whole data set transformation stuff and we actually have a lot of legacy stuff that actually is in the background that's like it's one of those things where you have these imports that are running and they've been running like that for like five years and you don't really want to touch them yeah because you know that like the return on investment is like nothing like you know if if you were to rewrite it and you'd probably forget something that it was doing you know but the only sucky part is like when it breaks i'm the only one who can fix it yeah you know what I mean? That's like, that's the hard part is it's like this trade off of, well, it just never breaks and I don't want to spend a week rewriting it because mm -hmm. it doesn't break right now and who cares. But yeah. when it does on the rare occasion, it does, you're the only one, you know? And it's like, oh. you've got to drop everything and fix it. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, as I said, this is like just an import thing and it's not like we're acquiring customers every week or every month or anything like that. It's just like anytime we bring on another one, I've got like interactive commands now so we can import customers, we can import services and we can import contacts. And essentially all it is is just an interactive console command that like looks at all of the tenants in the application so we configure the new company that we're acquiring. Oh. You say, you know, I want to I want to import customers for this tenant. It then goes yeah. and finds a corresponding folder in storage. Um, and it, and you just have like Excel files in there and then they will always be sure. in the same format because we'll go to the company we're acquiring. It's like fill this spreadsheet hey, yeah. with your customer data and we just like import yeah. it. So I never have to worry about, you know, anything. And, and then it's just up to them to give us data in a reasonably consistent format and then we can just dump it and, and do what we need to do, you know, handle formatting phone numbers so that they all look the same, handle formatting addresses so they all look the same as much as possible and things like that. So yeah. I would suggest for yourself, if you haven't already done this, create like a formatter class mm -hmm. 
for yourself that allows you to basically dump in all of us. So like every time you find an exception to the rule, and again, maybe this won't happen for you, but like, you know, I've, I've, we have, like I said, we do this like a million times a day, but I'll have like a phone number formatter class and I'll pass in like every sort of variation of a phone number that I can think of. And then inevitably one will break and it's like, okay, add that to the test, make sure that never breaks again, fix that. And now like it's so, but I just have this little formatter class that I just pass in. And then I mm-hmm. uh, kind of alias it when I say use formatter as F. Yep. And then I have everything referenced as like static, you know, static methods. Yeah. yeah. And so I can just say F colon colon phone and pass in the value. Mm-hmm. Works pretty well for me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. form stuff. Cool. You talked about bootstrap a little bit. How do you, uh, I think I was just going to ask like, how's it, how it's going with like wrapping your head around it. I've been using it for a while on this most recent project that I'm working on and I'm really liking it for the most part. The, uh, I really, I feel like the utility classes add so much of what I needed mm-hmm. from bootstrap yeah. that I didn't have before. Now to be, to be sure it's no tailwind. I mean, tailwind is freaking amazing. I love, I, so I have, I had two projects. I was working on one, that was actually for work that was tailwind and i love like the responses class the responsive classes of tailwind how you can just add like md colon mm-hmm. you know whatever or the very very common sense classes like you can say width so like w dash one half you know what i mean instead yeah. of having yep, to do yep. like a 50 you know whatever i mean it just totally makes sense when you're using uh tailwind's there's just so much thought been put into those and, and it works really well so i'm loving that so i guess my question is two things how are you, how like well do you feel like you know Bootstrap for? And then number two, how's Flexbox going for you? Do you feel like you have a pretty good handle on Flexbox or where are you at with Flexbox? What's, what's your, uh, what's your love or hate towards it? Um, I mean, most of, most of like using Bootstrap for for me has been understanding the new classes and how things have slightly changed. Like for example, in a form group, you, in Bootstrap 3, you would put like a has error class on the on the form group and it would like handle styling the input and things like right, that. Right. That's changed now where you put the like is invalid class, I think, on the input. Okay. And then if you want to style like the help text as invalid, it has to like immediately follow the input in order for it to like become red. There's no, like you don't put is invalid on the form group and that handles all of it. Yeah. But because I'm just building like a really simple CRUD application, I have literally just been copying and pasting, you know, form groups and inputs and things like that. And occasionally I've used a form row so that I could say, you know, I want these four things on the same row and I want them to all be like a col MD four or three. You know, if I'm doing maths properly, three is probably the right the divisor of twelve that I want for four columns. So I mean, that's been yeah, that's and so that's been fairly straightforward. And like once I set up the the you know the nav, I mean, it, it, Laravel ships the Laravel skeleton application ships with Bootstrap, so you don't have to do anything. You've already got the main nav bar there. I just went with a, a side nav bar, so I've got like a three column or a two column and a and a ten column next to each other and. You know, they stay. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect this to ever be used from a mobile device, so I don't really care too much about that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It and it's really good for prototyping this specific type of thing. I'm not worried about it looking like a bootstrap site. I just wanted to get something together quickly. Yep. No, that totally makes sense. Totally. We. Um, if I had more than a week to work on it, I probably would have used Tailwind. Um, and you know, built my own inputs and things like that. But I mean, that's that's the main sticking point for me at the moment is just having to rebuild that stuff from project to project you know one day we'll see tailwind components maybe and and we'll go from there but until then and yeah 
And really, honestly, for me, like Tailwind was more of an, an experiment for the one that I've been using. It's really great for when you have like a designed site that needs to be chopped up and yeah. put into like, uh, you know, HTML, CSS sort of thing. But for something like what you're talking about, I, I don't think, I mean, Tailwind has the value of it is greatly decreased when you have exactly what you're talking mm. about. You just don't need, you don't need that level of granularity and that level of control. You literally just need inputs and you just need like slapping them on the page. The yep. copy paste is completely sufficient. Like it's a waste of time to do it any other way, really. Mm. So like you said, maybe they'll have components at some point, which would make it essentially a, a uh, fair matchup between the two. Yeah. But they don't right now, so no worries. I'm sure there's some library out there that does. Have you done anything for Hacktoberfest yet? I've had no time. Like all of, all no, of October, same. it's been like... I've I've been putting together digital signage for Laracon and I've been wrangling like I email the speakers and I'm like I need this information like do you want a lapel mic or a or a headset mic the speakers will have choice of lighting because we're in a nice theater nice. so Ooh, they'll, really? be able to, they'll be able to choose their own front wash and backlighting so none of them picked anything so I'll just pick colors for them I guess but I'm like you That's know cool. come to the bump in so that you can test your equipment get a feel for the stage get a feel for the venue and that kind of stuff so I mean, I guess they'll turn up if they can, and if they don't, then they'll wing it. I'm sure they're all, you know, they know what they're doing. So, I mean, Taylor and Adam and, and people like that, they've spoken countless times before. So, I'm sure they'll be fine. So, not yeah, to a crowd of Aussies, though. They're not used to having, like, Fosters chucked at them. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, they, everyone's going to be drunk. <laughs> they're going to get rowdy if they don't like to talk. Like, they, oh, yeah. this will be a new experience sure. for all of them. So, yep. <laughs> I'm joking. None, throwing, none of that will happen. Yeah, <laughs> Throwing wallabies up on stage. That's and right. Drop bears koalas, hanging in the. Yeah, yeah, there'll be drop bears in the. You know, they, drop like bears, they just hang yeah. around in the in the lighting rigs and things like that. So. Gotta watch out for those drop bears. Yeah, <laughs> they'll get you. So yeah, I mean, it's been mostly just like getting ready for Laracon, you know, speakers and and getting in touch with people that have like booked accommodation and and dealing with all of our different vendors and and trying to just get everything ready so that when I get to Sydney this week, I don't like have to stress about anything i can just like we're gonna go we're gonna go down to the venue on tuesday just to just to say hello and and meet the production team and and whatever else and then wednesday we've got our bump in where we go and do all of our setup and things like that and you know organizing some volunteers to come and help with with mostly just registration and then um selling raffle tickets so i i mentioned on the laravel news podcast last week we're gonna have a raffle there will be four four prizes that we'll give away and then we're donating all of the funds from the raffle to osmi open sourcing mental illness yeah that's great um yeah, that's and awesome. then the the conference will match dollar for dollar all all proceeds from that up to 500 dollars as well so which i don't i don't remember if i mentioned that last in in the Darwin news podcast. So. yeah so yeah we're gonna do that because it's you know it's definitely a worthwhile cause and you know we want to encourage people to to get on board and, and help out with that. The after party we mentioned is going to be at uh, a bowling bowling venue. It looks pretty awesome. Yeah, oh, so Lord, that's going to be so fun. So it'll be ten pin bowling and laser tag. Ten pin bowling. Do you have to? Does it, is that something that needs to be specified? Do you guys have other than ten pin bowling? Well, no, but I don't know if you guys or other people would confuse bowling with something else. Mm. So like, like lawn bowling like or something? Lawn bowls, I don't know if yeah, lawn bowls or cricket bowling. Like I was very, like it's 10 pin bowling. It's indoor 10 pin bowling. Got it. And laser yep, tag. there you go. So there's... And laser tag. It's going to be awesome. There's 20 lanes at the venue across four different zones. Um, so you, I think it's it's four people to a lane. 
So we can have 80 people bowling at once and there's a 40-person laser tag arena. Oh my gosh, that sounds so fun. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep score. The highest scoring bowler and the highest scoring laser tag person will win a prize. And I'm not going to tell you what the prize is, but you'll win a pretty rad prize and we'll give them out on the Friday morning before we kick off day two. And the raffle prizes we'll give out throughout the day. For anyone that's that's been to Laracon US, we're going to do a contest kit as well. So there's going to be some awesome prizes from um, some awesome folks, some awesome companies and, and things like that, that will just be running in the background throughout the conference. And it's like an online scratch and, scratch and win thing. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, tell me this. Are you, you're not going to have live streaming? We're not going to have live streaming. I've seen how that goes. Except for, for me. Except, Except for, for, me. for you. Yep. Yeah. We'll right. set up. We'll do a, we'll do a Frake style bootle- bootleg live stream yep. from the front row. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. We're, we're not doing live stream. I just, because I've seen how it's gone the last few years with Laracon US. Um, it's sure. just stress that I don't want to deal with because it's then, always a hassle. Like, yeah, because then all you all you see on Twitter is people like hashtagging the conference. They're like, "This doesn't work," and you and you lose. Yeah, not working. I can't believe we paid this much money for all of this. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, and and so you lose the value of like keeping up with the conference and people that are tweeting. People will be able to yeah. tweet because we will have Wi-Fi in the venue. Nice. Um, <laughs> so they no thanks they, to Chicago this year. <laughs> So, I mean, we don't, we won't have 800 people in the venue. We did come one ticket away from selling out the conference. Which I've, is so cool. Which yeah. is amazing. I, I'm so thrilled and so thankful for, for everyone who, who has bought a ticket and who's, who's backed us in, in terms of like getting this thing off the ground. It makes it much easier to justify giving it another spin next year. But we'll have to run that past the boss <laughs> before we commit to that. The boss man. The boss lady. My wife, the boss, the boss. Oh, the oh, the boss. Okay, gotcha. I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about the uh, the Otwell boss. But oh. You're talking about the big boss. Otwell of Laravel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 boss, the boss of all bosses. So we'll we'll run that by by her. Um, but it's like it's been a positive experience. Did for I ever, us so did far. I ever tell you about? Uh, sorry, I'm talking over you again. I'm working on becoming a better listener. I'm still struggling a lot. <laughs> I hear really that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, sorry, were you finished? I'll talk. I'll talk whenever you're finished. So yeah, we um <laughs> we uh so you know we'll we'll we will potentially do this again next year. You know, assuming that all the talks are good and and people actually have a positive experience at the conference. So I'm I'm not I'm not 100 committed to it at this stage, but fingers crossed all goes well and and you know people are actually interested in coming back again for another another conference so yeah there, there, there will be no live stream there will be wi-fi for guests at at the conference they they literally just installed the equipment last week oh so you'd have it run in yeah so no no, no they had nice they had oh, like okay. fiber into the conference but they didn't have wi-fi equipment in there and I was going to bring it all in from work because that's that's what we do. So I was going to get it all configured up and bring it in. And they're like, no, no, we've actually just bought all the equipment and, uh, you know, you don't have to bring anything. So that was nice because it means that I've got more room to bring Eli's stuff in my suitcase because, you know, traveling with an infant, yeah. that's what we're going to be doing. So we'll have internet there. We're not doing lunch. And I don't like when I went to both the two Laracons that I've been to in the US 
there was lunch provided, but no one really ate it. Heaps of people like just go out and do their own thing. The the venue that we're at, at at minimum, there is a McDonald's directly next to it, but there's like yeah. a dozen food venues in the immediate area. It's a two minute walk from Darling Harbour where there's like dozens more things. There's you know nice. you're yeah, not going to be struggling for choice. We've got an hour and a half for lunch on both days, so you don't have to rush out and and back for the. Talks. It's really nice to have that much time for lunch too, yeah. because like everybody uses that time just to hang out and get catch up with people they wanted to meet or yeah. talk with. So that's nice. And like the biggest problem we have is that because it is actually a theater, there's not tons of room in the foyer it's like really used as a thoroughfare into the main auditorium and so we didn't really have the the space so hopefully the it's a bit yeah cross your fingers for good weather yeah well it's a bit rainy in sydney at the moment but it's supposed to clear up by by wednesday and and hopefully in time for the conference so you know that'll all be good seeing as i'm sending the email tomorrow by you know before this episode comes out the videos will be recorded of all or sorry the talks will be will be recorded and we will publish them probably by the well by middle of November at the latest. They'll be published for everyone nice. to yeah, yeah. to view. They'll be recorded in 4K, which is I think a Laricon. Sweet, that's awesome. It, it's new for Laricon. They've I mean they've always been HD, but we're doing 4K. So we're bringing in a, a production company that that does you know filming at at this theater venue in the past and so they they know the venue and they know how to set up for it and all that so i'm really excited for that yeah all the lighting and all that yeah yeah so you know that'll all be very very good and exciting i mentioned all of our our raffle prizes and things like that prizes for ah, i'm excited for the prizes. prizes yeah speaking of prizes you got another code and here is the third code because why not right k6lm7xrke6nm there you go there's number three everybody and that again is for a link to expressions, which you can find at aptorium.com. Thanks again, Aptorium. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the one other thing I was going to say, and then we should probably wrap this up. My, my laptop's dying here. Sure. Uh, the one other thing I was going to say is you were, you were talking about a big boss, right? Mm. Big boss. Mm. You know, when, and, and by, by saying that, we are in jest, but, you know, more seriously referring to our better halves. Yep. Our uh, our wives, right? So, did I ever tell you that my uh, grandpa raced horses? Did I ever tell you this? I don't think you have. No. Yeah. So my grandpa was a uh, he he raised and raced horses, and so he got to name all the horses, of course. <laughs> and so, like as they were on the track, right? You have the announcer, like whatever naming, you know, staying the names of the horses as they're coming on the last order. One of the horses that he named was called What Ma Says. Right. And the reason he named it What Ma Says is because What Ma Says goes. <laughs> right right got it i got yeah. it i got it right and then he had a plaque on his wall that said uh pa is boss as everyone knows but what ma says always goes and so he named it what ma says i thought that was pretty clever nice nice yeah so that was kind of a fun little anecdote yeah. for all of you out there hey i know you, i know your laptop's dying i know your laptop's dying i have one last thing ed wade hit on, me what you got ed wade on twitter hit us up um and asked oh yeah yeah he asked, like, what's the best place to learn about advanced PHP outside of Laracasts? Yeah. I don't really have a good answer because I think Laravel covers a lot of stuff. It covers a lot of stuff both in standalone units and it covers a lot of stuff in terms of integration in, in a bigger project. So there's like the Builder Forum series. So it will get you pretty far. 
And even now, I will still go back and watch all of these videos. And I just went through and rewatched all of the eloquent relationship videos because, you know, sometimes I, I still always grapple with like whether I should use associate or create or save or whatever on the relationship methods. I think it gets you really far. I think really having a deep understanding of the documentation and reading it like a book gets you a long way. But I think ultimately the best way to learn and become like in quotes advanced is by doing, at least in my experience, by by building apps, by trying things, by writing code that works and then refactoring it, by source diving and and really just by interacting with other developers. I think is because that's where new ideas are born and where you learn new things. I, I work with a great, great team of developers at work and like we're always, someone will say, I'm going to do this or I'm doing a code review and they've done it in this way. And I said, I'll maybe, you know, have a look at this way. And like, it's something that they haven't seen before, but, but, it, but it's a two way street. Like they've shown me stuff that I haven't seen before. And I'm like, you can't do that. Can you? And they're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. And I've done it before. And so, you know, you try it. And, uh, and we go from there. So I think in terms of an actual learning resource, I think learning resources only get you so far. And the best learning resources are the ones that teach you how to learn, not that teach you, you know, that teach you a specific thing, but that yeah, teach yeah. you how to learn. I think that's the most yeah, valuable that's lesson. That's a good point. Yeah. So uh, Chris Coyer and Dave Rupert run a, run a podcast called uh, CSS Tricks. And one of their things, because I think they get this question asked a lot, is they always have, I think they have this like soundboard that they use. And whenever they ask this question, it just, it says, just build websites. And yeah. that's like the answer, right? Yep. It's like, just build stuff, right? Like contribute to open source, I think is a huge way. Really, if you don't have other developers that you work with in your office, that's, that's okay. You have other developers that you have access to some of the best in the world that will give you free pull request reviews yep. and can tell you ways that you're screwing up your code or, or ways that you can improve your code. So open source contribution is a massive way to improve and to learn about advanced code, quote unquote. I would say also after you've gotten kind of past a lot of the basics and you learn the syntax and sort of the things you have available to you in the language, the things that you start learning become much more generic. They're not specifically applied to PHP, right? They yeah. very much cross languages. So you have books like uh, Practical Object Oriented Design in Ruby, right? The mm -hmm. Pooter book, like mm -hmm. that's a great book. There's also a sub uh, website I was reminded of called refactoring.guru, which kind of goes through a lot of the patterns because patterns in and of themselves can be sort of difficult, right? So like a lot of times you don't know what pattern you need to use until you're in the refactoring process. Yep. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm. you haven't you haven't figured out the shape of the problem yet until you've gone the red green, right? You've you've figured out you know how to make a fail and you figured out how to make a pass and now you're at the point where you're like, okay, I feel like I should be using some sort of something here to organize yeah. this better. How could I do this? Yep. So there's a site called refactoring.guru and it basically starts you with here's some dirty code. What is this is this is what your code might look like, right? Here are some code smells for you. Uh, let's walk through the refactoring process. What what are some options that you have as far as patterns that you could apply to this? And then here's how you clean up your code, right? And so as you continue to do that, you will over time learn. Oh, this is that code smell that I've seen before, right? I see duplicated parameters being passed through in multiple places. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can I can group those up into an object and pass an object around instead, right? So this is a really good site. It's really well designed, super easy to read, very informative, and they actually have a premium course as well. 
So yeah, I think those are that's plenty to, to yeah. talk about, I suppose, as far as that's... that's I mean, you raise a good point about looking at, into other languages and, and Ruby and in particular Rails have have a lot of similarities with Laravel and there's a... I will link it up in the show notes. There's a really good blog post on making... like on working with fat models and ways that you can refactor your models because models in Laravel are the thing that can most easily get away from you and you start putting all sure. your accesses in there and you start putting all of like all of these helper methods and things like that in there and that's fine to a point but eventually you get to a place where you're looking at it and going gee there's a lot of accesses in here and you might reach for a presenter and and those kind of things where you can start to see like how can I clean this up how can I deal with it and and that's where this kind of stuff PHP stalled for a, for quite a while in terms of like the developers that were using it and the and the kind of things that were built with it and so it's good to look into other communities and other languages and things like that for inspiration and for you know especially with all the similarities like rails has solved a lot of problems that we haven't so uh, it's I'll, I'll link it up in the show notes but it's worth having a look at but uh, on that Jake says that his laptop battery is dying and we've been talking for nearly an hour. I want to give a quick shout out. Ben Daly, guy who reached out to me on Twitter and was passing through my area. So we got to meet up for coffee for a couple minutes on Friday. Nice. That was really cool. So that's the first time I've ever had that happen where I was able to kind of hang out with another developer who listened to both of our podcasts. It was really cool to get down uh, or get a chance to sit down with him and hang out. He bought me coffee. So thanks, nice. Ben. That was, that was pretty awesome. No one ever yeah. comes through Adelaide and offers to buy me coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well maybe someday maybe, maybe. Some. ben corlett will be like coming through adelaide and uh hopefully well happen. he's he's on his honeymoon at the moment so i'm not going to get to see him at laracon nice. unfortunately but congratulations to no, i don't nice. even know if he listens but congratulations to ben anyway Congrats, on ben. his marriage he'll listen we need to hit him up on twitter he'll listen all right everybody thanks so much for listening to this episode this was episode 48 i believe it was Is also right? episode 49 49 dang it i even told you that before the show started today i was so proud of myself you for knew it up. you were and the one now I just I just failed. Anyway, thanks for listening to episode 49. Show notes for this episode at northmeetsouth.audio slash 49. Hit us up on Twitter, Michael Dorinda, Jacob Bennett, um, or North South Audio. And then, of course, if you like the show, please feel free to rate us up. iTunes, five stars would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, good luck traveling to all of you out there who are heading to Australia. I'm so sad I'm not going to be one of them. Michael, good luck. I know you will kill it and do awesome. I'm, Thank you. I'm uh, so happy you get to have... And get to have some time with the the Laracon crew, even though you weren't able to make it to the U.S. Yes. this year. So, all of Team Nova will be at my disposal. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, have a great time. Cheers. All right, everyone. Bye, and see you all at Laracon. <laughs>